Hey everyone, Theme Park Stud here. Before we start the episode, I have a big announcement. Everyone's been wanting it, and we now have the only Scramblers apparel line from Coaster Cuzzies. Big shout out to Logan from Prairie Coasting to create the logo for us. It's now live on our store, so check it out at www.coastercuzzies.com store. Click on the link, pick you up a pair. Other than that, enjoy the episode. Welcome back, Cuzzies, to another episode of the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. If this is your first time tuning into the Coaster Cuzzies, this podcast is where one best friend gets stranded at a Hooters in Chicago, and the other one talks to me about roller coasters, theme parks, and shenanigans. Your hosts for the show today are Coaster Bro and Chef Jeff. It's the takeover. In today's episode, the Cuzzies will be continuing the Cuzzy road trip in the northern United States, hitting up both Indiana Beach and Michigan's adventure. So stay tuned and listen to the Cuzzies in your ear. What's up, Chef Jeff? Hey, Cuzzies. How we doing today, Jeff? Oh, we're, we're good over here, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy Gotta to have that. you along. And that was a weird intro, dude. That wasn't where was theme park stud? Where 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 uh, he, is he? Uh, he took a page out of my book and decided he'd stay stay a few weeks at the Hooters in Chicago. There's three of them. I googled it. Uh, yeah, he's he's got to do a tour at each for a few days. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the next show, just he'll have a review of the three Chicago Hooters, and uh, he'll be getting back with us, and that will be next week's show. So yeah. uh, and after after listening to the last show of us mentioning Hooters, Eric will probably show up and join Theme <laughs> Park Stud. We can only hope. Right. We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. So with well, Theme Park Stud, just so you guys are aware, he he has a very busy whole month ahead of him. He's he's been in the Florida Keys, and I think he's going to the Caribbean in a couple days. And he just he can't come on to the show right now. He's he's a very busy man. He's got stuff at work going on, so he'll probably be joining us for the next show. But um, for now, somehow he's finding time to squeeze um, squeeze Hooters into the into the agenda. Which I'm yeah. not mad at him. I'm not mad at all. Can't blame him. I've been there. <laughs> yes, you have. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I did go buy that Hooters the other um in my mall of america trip how was it um we didn't go in but we did look for you and you, you had apparently left uh the girl yeah. said you left so yeah there was uh it was, it was quite sad <laughs> quite sad they still they still write me that's good yeah. um the, the best pen pals are hooters girls for sure it's true <laughs> if you can get past all the spelling errors yes <laughs> <laughs> the low-hanging fruit joke there that was that was beautiful <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of Hooters talk. Uh, we might have to make that a new segment. Uh, yeah. But it's time for the Great Cuzzy Road Trip. And this week, we are highlighting two extremely rural... Rural is a hard word to say. Rural parks. And uh, so we'll be covering Indiana Beach and Michigan's adventure in this episode. And highlighting the area attractions. Um we can put air quote area um, because there's not a whole lot popping in Monticello, Indi- Indiana, um, and not really in Michigan either. So we are going to kind of widen that net a little bit, maybe pretend like we're on a road trip from Chicago. Well, we are on a road trip from Chicago to 
Indiana and Michigan. So we'll probably be highlighting some northern Indiana, western Michigan stops, if that makes sense. Yeah. But starting off, we'll go ahead and start off with the food. Oh, we're mixing it up, Chef Jeff. Mixing it up a little bit. So we're heading from from Chicago. We're on our way to Indiana Beach, which is in northern Indiana. What are some highlighted food options in that area? So honestly, uh, for this, I actually did try to look in Monticello. Or if that is how it's pronounced, I can't remember for sure. I think it is. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. It's very French. Uh, it's only a two-hour drive from Chicago, so it's not super long. Uh, if you're hungry, you might as well grab something from the lap- last episode to take on the road. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, however, if uh, you do get to Monticello, I did find five places that actually did look pretty reasonable. Um, Hell yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll try to keep the, keep the shouts local for them, get their the tourism going. It's kind of a, you know, it's a, a lake touristy town kind of one of those small local local areas so i you know i'll try to plug them where i can a lot of good vibes in this area yeah just good vibes yeah i agree um we had a good time when we went but uh, i'll start with uh the the first option i have listed is called the sportsman inn it's a wide menu from a casual to fine dining where you'll uh, likely be able to serve any craving you've got here with a waterfront view uh, took a look at the menu and they, I mean, they've got pasta, they've got chicken, steak, seafood, pretty much you, you can think of it. It's there. They have an appetizer called the pot of gold combination of chicken tenders, onion rings, cheese bites served with marinara and ranch. Oh my That's, God. Uh, RIP your arteries. <laughs> But it might be worth it. You're only, in, I mean, when in Monticello, clog up your arteries. Right. Where they, they don't build them in Indiana like they do for a reason. <laughs> um, moving on to the next, we've got the uh, Riverside Restaurant and Lounge. Uh, prefacing the rest of my options when looking over what's present here, it's a lot of American bar or lounge or fine dining styles there wasn't a lot of fluctuation into different kinds of food so it's kind of going to be there there won't be much splitting off here so which makes sense um, because you're, you're probably most of the food options i'm assuming are probably like on the water or close to the water yep. there's probably some beer options and uh bar food and that's uh in the name on this next one riverside restaurant lounge uh bar meets fine dining uh you'll want to come here especially if you're craving seafood but it is uh it's got outdoor seating and it's on the water so did we i don't think we even ate in monticello other than like at the park i think you're right we have like tacos at the park and then we we probably drove back towards kansas city and stayed somewhere yeah um, this place looks good, dude. They got like those yeah. white plates. That means it's fancy, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I had the menu pulled up. They've got, uh, you know, lots and lots of seafood options. Uh, some good looking steaks. If you're trying to get some catfish, this looks like a good spot. And, and you know, it's a good dessert spot when they have more than two options. <laughs> got seven. Sure. So Dude, this place legit looks good. 
Yeah. Like I, I agree. I understand why you stayed in Monticello for this. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, if you, if you dig, there's stuff to be found. Uh, just, uh, I'd, I'd like to try and keep it local if I can for those. So get yourself uh, a ribeye next- and shrimp for 30 bucks. Oh, for sure. For 30 bucks. Probably the, well, will cost you more. I don't remember what admission for Indiana Beach is, but you might pay more. <laughs> I think it's less than that, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the next I've got on the list is Abe's Pizza. I just kind of wanted to give make sure I, I gave a shout-out to a local pizza place, and they looked like they had some pretty solid offerings. Um, I was lured in by a picture of the uh, the cupped crispy pepperoni. I know our... Uh, oh, that's my... Out. Oh, I love that crispy. I don't... What what is it about that? Pal Perry on Coaster uh, Cousins will over the the uh, the Discord. This looks uh, fairly similar to like Minsky's Pizza in Kansas City to me. Yeah, I know that's yeah. not going to hit all our listeners there, but it looks like a very similar. It's it, it looks like kind of like a doughy bread. Uh, yeah, but the toppings look pretty damn good. And according to their website, they've been around for thirty seven years, so you don't survive that long. Dealing out bad pizza. I think they got, they even got like the red Coca Cola cups for your mm-hmm. sodas. Oh my gosh! This this looks like classic middle of nowhere Indiana dining room with like some decent pizza. Yep. I'm gonna yeah, see. But like looking at the menu, there's nothing like unique. But I mean, sometimes you don't necessarily need that. Pick a thing and do it well. And now I will say. Um, I, I like to look up your pizza places on one bite because it's like my my one stop bible to like. I always forget to vet what I'm looking at through that because I know you keep mentioning it, and I'm guessing they've not got a good score now of your tone so, change. Yeah, so this is based off of two reviews. One ranked it a six nine, nice. Okay. And someone ranked it a three six. And when I look at the photo of this, it's just a pile of grease and cheese. So I think they got mm. a bad pizza. Um, but it does look pretty greasy. So yeah. that, that ends up being a 5-2. But a 5-2 in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, if you're craving pizza, it's not that bad. Yeah. I think it got buried by a bad pizza, if I'm being honest. That's just my I mean, my uh, look at the situation. And it's, you know, I doubt they're locals. I imagine those are probably tourists who left those reviews because I, I doubt many in this uh, stretch of Indiana use much in the way of apps. I'm the first person to view this restaurant and not leave a, a yeah, so not very so well. So that's known. going well. I don't know that this is a fair score. I think it yeah. needs like more scores. I bet I it's think actually. We go in and uh, we, we help them out with a more accurate rating after a meal. To me, it looks like it's like a six, six yeah. to six, eight. But depending I haven't tasted the, it. Depending on the cook's mood that day. Yeah. <laughs> Make some six six pizzas, right? <laughs> I'll show those guys. Yeah. All right. Um, next up on the the list is the Harvest Time Family Restaurant. If you're a listener of the show and you like to take your families to parks, this might be the uh, the place for you, especially for uh, for their breakfast offerings. Look really good. Um, looks to be a cozy comfort food restaurant, uh, but they they have, like I took a glance at their menu and. Just, I mean, it looked it looked tasty. It looked like a, you know, good local, local option. Their uh, <laughs> their menu. I, I swear that, and I only know this because of going to some places in 
smaller Missouri towns as a quick stop on the way somewhere else. This looks like a like the classic middle of nowhere Missouri menu. Yeah. Just the, the, the style. I feel like there's a template that they pull up on when they Google menus. I just found the menu. Yeah. It, it's I, I swear it's like the same same exact. They just plug in whatever they're serving. It's like there's a picture of onion rings that aren't even their onion rings. Right. Yeah. And there's no way that's their pita. Right. <laughs> but all the same, the I, it seems to be well regarded. So I, I, I figure at least give them a plug. Sorry, I see stir fry on the menu. I'm really confused. This is like everything. Yeah. It's like if yeah. you go here, you we've got your Italian food, we've got your stir fry, we've got your Greek food. That's great. Oh man. And you said they do no, breakfast I, too? Yeah, they do. Uh, they had a good breakfast menu. Let me take a look at it again because there was something that jumped out at me, although well, I got, can't zoom in. They got steak well. and eggs. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Uh, they yeah. have, it looks like they've got a good offering of, uh, skillets i'm a i'm a sucker for a good breakfast skillet mm, me too bro um they've, they've got six of those on offer and they they look to be pretty reasonably priced the skillets themselves run anywhere from uh nine to eleven dollars it looks like and they generally in my experience come with a lot of food so you're gonna yeah. get what you're get your money's worth this so. might be though like because i'm assuming the hotels in monticello don't have a great breakfast so this might be a great stop, actually, because they got omelets, they got biscuits and gravy, they got your classic breakfast, steak and eggs. Yeah, this is day after day after your park visit. Get out of your hotel, check out, go grab breakfast, and then yeah. on to the next leg of your trip. I think would be probably how because if it's if it is what I think it is, this is going to be like stick to your yeah stick to the ribs kind of food, and you don't want to go into an amusement park on a hot day with that kind of stuff rumbling around. Unless you're not planning to eat at the park, then maybe this could be a good option. But right, yeah. And then I'll uh, I'll close it out with uh, the last option: um, B and K root beer in Monticello. I'm guessing this is a a minor chain of some sort since they had to include the city in the title. Um, but it looks like kind of the local, like a, a scaled down Sonic kind of style. Oh, yeah, it's like um, old school. Yeah, drive-in uh, menu appears to be better after for after your visit to the park because it looks like it's going to be kind of the, like the heavy, greasy food, probably. Um, oh, yeah. But it looks like fried. a great budget option because it's like I think most of the stuff I looked at was between one and three dollars. Um, and I particularly look like a, I would be a sucker for the uh, the Spanish cheese dog, which what? is just <laughs> a, a chili cheese dog. Oh, okay. It's, That's two thirty-five. Uh, on their menu, it reads as uh, a plain hot dog topped with sweet chili sauce that is ground beef based, served on a steam bun. Spanish sauce does not contain beans. And then the cheese dog is just Spanish dog with cheddar cheese sauce. Dude, the Spanish cheese dog is $2.35. Right? That that's, is and super that's totally cheap. reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like normal hot dog size, you get a couple of those and a drink and you're set, I think. This kind of reminds me of Monticello's version of the Varsity in Atlanta. Yeah. It's just like burgers, dogs, put some chili and cheese on that shit, and uh, enjoy your food. Yeah, it looks pretty they, good. One other thing I'd like to uh, point out is uh, they have their their they have a menu item called the Cheese Steam Burger. 
and I've been watching a lot of uh, YouTube. There's this guy out there, George Modes, who makes a whole bunch of different uh, kinds of. He runs the burger show for that uh, first we feast channel show. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I've been learning about a bunch of different styles of burgers, trying to test some of them out at home. Um, and this one, I can't remember the specific style that it's called, but it's uh, rather than making a patty, they just throw a bunch of ground beef like 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 you'd get on a taco. Yeah. Not seasoned like a taco, but it's like it's actually crushed bits rather than oh, okay. a patty. Um, like a loose meat burger. Yeah, loose meat. That was it. Loose meat sandwich is what they called it. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so it's a quarter pound of that. It looks like onions, see, toppings of your choice. Um, and then, you know, it looks like they, I don't know if the, the meat itself is steamed or if it's just the bun and that's where it gets its name. But um, I, I've tried steaming burgers as well instead of, and it's it's different, but I like it. Yeah. Juicy, right? Yeah. Very yeah. juicy. Uh, you don't quite get the sear that you normally do yeah. with another burger, but I, I think the the flavor enhancement just from how juicy it is kind of overrides me missing that that sear on it. So there you go. So yeah, that uh, wraps up the the food options. Um, I, all in all, looks like you know better than expected. It's a small local tourist lake area, so. Yeah, I, I legitimately didn't expect anything more than like a Subway and a McDonald's, like at a gas station or something. So that's great news. Yeah. Like I, I actually think I would maybe eat at one of these places. Right. <laughs> I, it kind of makes me wish that, uh, I mean, I don't know if all these places were there when we were. But, yeah. You know, if we do a return trip and replicate what we did, at least now we know we can eat here. There you go. So I'm, I mentioned to get back to Indiana Beach soon. Yeah, see what uh, old Mean Gene has done with the place. Yeah, and they're getting that new Mexican death machine um, (laughs) next year. Oh, it's supposed to be summer of this year, but looking at the shape of the track, it does not look. (laughs) I mean, you got how many days of summer left? It does not look like it's anywhere near complete. So yeah, but uh, maybe go get that credit, eat at one of these places, and it'd be golden. Well, what do you have for uh, attractions? I, I'd be surprised if you found attractions in Monticello. I, I did put two in there. I picked one from out and one or two in. Um, nice. And to call them attractions is even kind of a stretch. <laughs> it's this is not a not an exciting stretch of land mm-hmm. between Chicago and I think the biggest town between the two is Gary, Indiana. Gary, and that's where, uh, one of the two stops I have. Uh, and I should preface this by saying I'm not necessarily endorsing gambling, but there are people out there who can have fun responsibly. There's a Hard Rock Casino in Gary, Indiana. Oh, that was um, kind of dope, actually. Yeah, you know, I would check out a Hard Rock Casino if you like games, food, or entertainment that comes with the casino environment. This will be a stop that is an option for you. Like if you get done with the park, hit up the casino at night. You can stay there probably, and then finish the drive in the morning. Because it's, like I said, only a two-hour drive to Indiana Beach. So you could totally wake up early and just drive to Monticello. Yeah. Um, that that can be a stop on the way down. And casinos often have great food. Uh, I don't know about oh, the uh, corona environment. A, but Some sort of a breakfast buffet would be uh, pretty boss. Yeah, I, I agree. But that uh, the, the idea of a buffet right now 
especially with things kind of ramping back up. I, I'd probably avoid, but this is we're, we're talking for we're in the clear times when yeah. hopefully we can get things under control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then the, a couple options I picked up in the Monticello area, uh, the White Horse Winery. If you want to go do a wine tasting or get yourself a wine slushy, this looks to be the place to go and uh, stare at a field. Um, oh, look at all that corn. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's another food option in Monticello is there's plenty of corn around. So if you're having a corn craving, you can probably sneak up to a field and swipe in here. Yeah, I would say I that um, joke on the Discord the other day. <laughs> I would not recommend it, but uh, it'd be very easy to just take a cup of corn from Indiana. Right. right. I don't think they have security cameras out there. It's everywhere you look. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one, uh, just to kind of counter the uh, other two, uh, applying to a more uh, healthy lifestyle, we've got the Alther Nature Park. Um, if you need a rest from all your walking with more walking, except this time, nature. Oh, yes. This appears to be the spot. Honestly, nature. like I said, this is kind of a boring stretch of land to try and find stuff to do. There's others, like there is go-karts and stuff, but I, you know, yeah. we're already going in a music park. I'm not really going to want to do that fun. outside of a park, so... I will say one thing, like whenever you visit Indiana Beach, it's very rare that you stay for long. Right. And I think our park visit was like four hours, wasn't it? Something like that. It's a park that you can really kind of knock out and then get to your next place. So um, if you're looking for other attractions, this probably isn't the place to look. Unless you're trying to do some shit on the lake, like you have a boat or something. That'd probably be kind of fun, but... Now, I do recommend leaving flex time if you, like us, get stuck on the Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain. Our trip probably would have been faster if we didn't get stuck on that. (laughs) We were were (laughs) on that for a while. (laughs) Um, Shout out, Lost Coaster. Yes. But yeah, that's uh, that's wrapped up for the attractions. Awesome. Now we can talk about what everybody came here to talk about. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of highlight Indiana Beach, which is near and dear to my heart it's one of my favorite smaller parks in america and has a pretty good collection of rides a good atmosphere and um yeah i'd love to know i know this this park has a a pretty deep history um as far as being on the lake and it's kind of a a big locals park for sure so uh, i can't wait to hear more about the history by chef jeff (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, the quick little uh, lesson about Indiana Beach opened in 1926, a lot older than I thought it was. Yeah, uh, originally under the name Ideal Beach, beginning as a small lakeside beach with a bathhouse and refreshment stand. Initial expansions were into entertainment options like live music, uh, including a ballroom as well. Uh, rides popped up the year after, but not in super heavy flow. Uh, 1961, they added a paddle wheel boat called the Schaefer Queen, running oh. for 11 years before it was uh, replaced by another boat, and they named it the same thing. <laughs> uh, Indiana Beach remained under the same operator or operating group until 2008 when it was sold to Morgan RV LLC, who sold in 2015 to Apex Parks Group, who held until February of 2020 when they announced Indiana Beach would be closing, citing financial reasons just before the pandemic, shocker. (laughs) Um, 
before the glorious man that is Gene Staples swooped in at the last minute to save the park, and it reopened in June of last year. What a story. Right? Yeah, and I know, like, in recent history, too, um, right before they announced kind of their closure, Apex Park was really kind of operating this thing into the ground. They weren't doing a whole lot with um, building upkeep. They weren't really adding any new rides that were substantial by any means. You could be mistaken for thinking it was Cedar Fair handling Geauga Lake. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe so. That's fired. (laughs) (laughs) Got to fit that in. Um, But yeah, it was... I remember when they announced this park closure, I think it was like January or February uh, before the pandemic. I remember being like really sad about it. It's like, Oh my God, this is one of the great small parks in America. Yeah. Corporate America gets their hands on it and just fucking drives it to the ground and thought it was going to be gone. And then out of nowhere, this dude during a pandemic steps in and it's like, Hey, we'll go ahead and open it. And I've heard he's done great things as far as like beautifying the park and that sort of thing. Um, operationally, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think sure maybe steps, I think I think he's on the right path. Uh, personally, you gotta. I mean, it's it's not going to be an overnight process. I think starting starting slow with the appearance of the park is a good good first step. Um, I, the it is questionable that they took on a roller coaster with a botched safety record. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I am curious to see the direction of the park. It has a lot of personality mm-hmm. and it deserves to, to live on. So, you know, we'll see. And uh, we'll go jump into the ride summary too. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of one of my most critical things is they do have a new Schwarzkopf coming, quote, unquote, summer of this year. And we're at the end of summer. That's not going to happen. But probably next year is probably a more realistic timetable. Um while I'm very happy that this park is open, like you said, man, that the addition of the American Dryer Looping, um, this Schwarzkopf Looping Coaster is in its fourth location. And the last one was a location where the, the train literally derailed and killed people. But that, so, <laughs> I, like, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt yeah. personally. Those those models are meant to travel. That's what they were built for. They were built for yeah. fairs in Europe. True. Um, I I would be willing to believe that the issue is largely going to have been down to local maintenance. Yeah, and you can tell. Uh, I mean, there's been kind of some local pictures because they just have the track out in the open, and they're like, there's like parts of the track where there's just like huge holes, and they've like surrounded it and said needs work <laughs> like don't yeah. leave this in the in the in the shape that it's in so right. i just wonder a little bit just, just buying this ride to intent to to give it the proper care and attention it needs i, I love to yeah. see that schwartz cops are living on they're still being moved around yeah rather than just dying off entirely true but in my opinion i feel like this one should have died off <laughs> yeah. well, see, I, I, I just be... wonder if it's like um even just he, he bought this ride thinking, ah, it's going to be easy. We'll just put it back, put it up. And then he realized, oh, shit, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, right. And it got a lot of bad press, so they can't do nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I don't even think it would pass inspection in Indiana um, if they right. were just to like put it up in the shape that it was in. <laughs> I agree. 
I'm I'd still be willing like you know of course I want to see see it run for a bit without mm-hmm. issue but I'd be willing like I survived Farouk so <laughs> yeah feeling froggy yeah um, I, I won't be riding this in the back seat though yeah that's for sure yeah but hopefully <laughs> they can make that thing work and it can be kind of smooth I've heard reports from people that have ridden it in Mexico and they said this thing was a rough piece of junk yeah. But again, so I'm, I'm hoping that I could can... be entirely up to how the park was taken. How was how long was it at its prior home? Ooh, I'd have to look that up. Because that could be another factor too. Like, I'd like to dig deeper into this if it was taken care of better at the park before it, or if this is just strictly it's it's too old to be running. You know, that's certainly a possibility. But I, you know, largely I'm I'm willing to be highly critical of uh how how parks maintain their rides because i you know i hear the boss now is great but in my brain i'm still like i i don't need to ride it even though i've heard it's in much better shape than it used to but like my last couple rides on it have been a nightmare to be honest and i'm like not motivated to ever get on it again yeah so this operated from 2007 until its accident in september of 2019 at that's plenty of time to fuck up a ride <laughs> yeah and originally it operated in, um, gosh, 20, sorry, 1984 was the year it opened. So um, I guess you could say it's one of the newer Schwarzkopf loopers out there. Yeah, because they, most of them were made in the 70s, I think. But we're talking about three different, at least three different continents here. It used to be at Flamingo Land, which is in England. That's where it operated. And it also operated in Malaysia. This thing's been around the world. Oh my! Four God. different continents. Well, not four different that continents. Is... Four different countries. I don't know a lot about Flamingo Land, but the the operation in Mexico and Malaysia terrify me a little bit. Yes, <laughs> I'm hoping they can rehab the ride enough. I I would hope that it's possible, but we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the the other coasters um, that are actually operating at this time. 2008, we saw the addition of Steel Hog. So I think we got to ride it the year after it opened, you and I, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Pretty dope. But this is an SNS El Loco. And it's, I like to mention that uh, Alan Schulke was the designer of this ride who went on and is a very prominent figure with RMC. So when you kind of look at some of the uniqueness of the elements on this ride, like outward bait turns, hang time going into a dive loop, um, it's kind of like a an early peek into what RMC's craziness was about to become. <laughs> yeah. And th- so for something I loved about this ride was the location. Like it's not a, not the kind of a coaster you would expect to see first of all at a park like that, or like just plopped right next to a cornfield. Yes. <laughs> Cause it is kind of like shoehorned in between like a parking lot and like neighborhood houses. Yeah. Um, which I think is going to change a little bit with uh, Quimera, or sorry, American Dryer Looping coming because yeah. that's going to be right next to it. But yeah, it's a pretty cool spot, and this is kind of their most recent roller coaster. So, um, yes, that's it's such it's very rare that you're going to see like a new coaster here. There's not a lot of space to expand unless you're taking out stuff. So right. Um, I think this is what was a great addition to their park and is actually probably my second favorite coaster there. Um, really solid ride. 
Yeah. Moving on to my favorite roller coaster there, the 2001 CCI roller coaster, Cornball Express, which is a perfect name for a wooden roller coaster in Indiana. Uh, so I love the name. And the ride is filled with really good pops of airtime and some great laterals. I know there's like a, I don't know if it's a double helix, but there's a really good helix towards the end of the ride that I just remember being great. And this operates with buzz bars, which is, um, you don't get many wooden roller coasters with buzz bars anymore. Is this the, I can't remember if it's one or both of them, but is this the one that also goes out into the water and back? Um, that is more uh, Hoosier Hurricane. Okay. That does kind of the perimeter. Um, but okay. these those two rides interact really well together. Yeah. And like it's, if it goes by, it's kind of hard to tell like which coaster is which. So, yeah. And speaking of Hoosier Hurricane, that's the next coaster. That's the 1994 CCI roller coaster. This ride, um, I know they've put some work into it recently. It's generally kind of a rough and boring coaster. Um, yeah, it doesn't really. I don't remember. Like, I think I remember the most exciting part of it being now that you now that we've clarified that was the fact that it went out into the water. You know, it's kind of cool just to have that. I don't know thing weighing on you while you're riding a roller coaster. Okay, now I'm entirely over water. If this thing goes, I'm <laughs> we're sinking. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, this is this coaster is more of a visual thing. I think. I think it's like yeah. when you're coming into the park. You're going over the bridge and you see who's your hurricane. You're like, oh, this place is pretty badass. Yeah. So, like, if I had to vote a coaster out, like, just because of the ride experience, this would be my vote for, like, get rid of it or maybe, like, do, like, an RMC or um, have GCI come in and, and refurbish it, do something different with it. But it's tough because this very much is kind of the heart of the image of the park. Like yeah. I, it's hard to see Indiana Beach without Hoosier Hurricane. Well, and this might be like nostalgia factor for a lot of folks. It'll probably survive a long time, kind of similarly to how I felt about the Big Dipper. Dip, excuse me, Big Dipper at Jug Lake because it was my first coaster. It, you know, like looking at it, I can see how most people would say, "Oh, it's nothing super exciting." I think it was only forty-five feet tall, something like that. Mm -hmm. Nothing, but it, you know, it was important to some people. So it will probably stay, stick around for a while. Yeah, it's probably like a local favorite. Yeah. And and like you said, the drop over the water. What other coasters can you think of that has a drop that just goes right over a lake? Offhand, not, but that's, I'm not reliable for that. So neither am I. <laughs> so I don't know. It has some uniqueness and I think it has its place and I think it'll probably be, um, at least the structure of it will be there for a very long time. Yeah. And I think it actually shares some support with Cornball Express, by the way. Yeah, I do remember that they either made contact or intertwined mm -hmm. at different junctures. And I know, like, there's a way that you can dispatch both rides for it to kind of race in duel, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that the operators just kind of figured that out along the way. But, all right. On to the next CCI roller coaster that they have. Uh, this is, we kind of talk about uniqueness. This ride is probably the most unique wooden roller coaster out there. It is the Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain, the CCI roller coaster. Used to be like a powered dark ride. And then the park decided, you know what? For no reason, let's turn this into a wooden roller coaster and figure that out. 
So your trains are, they basically seat eight people and you're seated in a way where you're facing each other. So half the riders are going forward, half are going backwards. There are some very light, um, dark ride scenes, you could say, as in like a polar bear. There's, there's like a bear. There's right. like random, no like animatronics or anything. But it's just a wacky, fun ride. And I know we have a memory of breaking down on this ride <laughs> and being stuck on it for a while. I was going to say, it, I could be wrong here, but based on what I remember, uh, gives me, for the Silver Dollar City fans, uh, gave me Fire in the Hole vibes, but, you know, jankier. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they had specially designed trains that are only on this coaster. Yeah. Like the, the turns are hairpin turns. Like, there's an outdoor coaster section for some reason. And it's just so funky. They even have an elevator lift. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> Um, and I think that's about where we got stuck, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, we got stuck at the very end of the ride. It felt like uh, we slipped through the brakes. Like we we felt the right. brakes pulse in that last um, block section, and it's like, did we slip through? Like I remember thinking that when we went through, and then the ride was down when we hit the next set of brakes. It's like, oh god. Yeah, that was a that was a good trip for that too, because uh, I can't remember which of you guys was riding with me, but uh, when we went to Cedar Point. I got stuck on Maverick too. I think it yes. was Matt that was with me. I think you were uh, actually, yeah. I was not with you because I remember. I think me and De- me and Theme Park Stud were looking back and were like, "Jeff's telling the ride operator about our trip." <laughs> I remember having that conversation. Dude, and it was that kind of rounded like that was my only ride on Maverick, and it just kind of rounded off. Like I don't have a high. Like I know I need to get back and give it the respect it deserves because I know how you feel about it. But like that rounded off like a really terrible ride for me because at that point the uh, shoulder restraints because of the nature of the ride and kind of how thin they were I felt like I was going to be like decapitated because of how savagely my neck was beaten into them and it just yes. was not a good time. Yeah, um, that's that neck chopping is thankfully gone now. But some people yeah. don't like the vest restraints because they say it takes away from the airtime and yada yada. But we'll talk about that on the next road trip probably. I think that's our yeah. next stop. So. Um, but yeah, back to Lost Coaster. This is a coaster that I could see not staying around long. I think they're down to one train on it only. So the capacity is very bad now. Because that's a pretty yeah. long ride. I mean, you're probably thinking two to three minutes at least. And it's only have eight people going at a time. That, that line can, can get pretty bad pretty fast. Yeah. Um, hope it stays. Hope they find a solution. Like I would love to see them go in and actually make it a good dark ride somehow. I think it's one of the things that gives the park its personality. So I would like to see them find a way to salvage it. Yeah. And this is one of those parks where it's like the, the ride collection isn't the greatest, but what they do have, you kind of like, you kind of like hope they never get rid of. Right. And then the last coaster to bring up 1984 Schwarzkopf roller coaster tiger, or is it Tigger? Nobody really knows (laughs) spelled T I G apostrophe R R. Why did they do that? But this is actually a Jetstar 1 model coaster, which is a, the early Jetstar like traveling fair type coaster. I really enjoy this ride. I think it's pretty dang good. I like it better than the Jetstar 2s. Um, but it's just a smooth ride. It's got some intensity. got some good laterals. Um, this is one a, of those rides. a I second one like it? Like when we went, it was like Galaxy or something? Yeah, there used to be a Galaxy coaster in between the slides that they've since gotten rid of. Okay. Um, I'm just assuming the maintenance was hard to upkeep or something because 
it's really hard to put any type of a replacement in there. I'm not really sure what they put. Right. Um, yeah, but those are the coasters of Indiana Beach. Pretty solid collection. Nothing that's crazy standout, I would say. There are some people that would say Cornball Express is kind of in their top 25 Woodies or top 10 Woodies on occasion. But I don't even um, think it was in my top 10 personally. Yeah. I'll have to take a look. But. It kind of ranks up there with like Raven and Legend for me. Yeah. So those are still pretty good rides. Um, Do you think they it's still like, have the. Uh, the the what is the the shooting game where you could go up with your digital camera with a flash click it and everything would go off all the triggers would go off at once yes that that was great i think they updated it though so you can't do that anymore oh that sucks that was that was hilarious because it was like a vampire slash werewolf theme thing you'd go up it was one of those things where you shoot the laser gun at something and a trigger would happen um causing some sort of action but if you took uh, a camera up to it and turned on the flash and ran it uh everything would go off at once it was <laughs> it was hilarious i think one of us got video of that i'll see if we can't dig that up to oh yeah there's video of it because i remember people were shooting and then i went up and did that everything went off and people were like confused <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great yeah i think it was you that mentioned that even going into that trip it was something we wanted to try because you read about it or heard about it or something yes and it happened. <laughs> it was magical. Now, there are some other rides here that um, escalate Indiana Beach, in my opinion, to be one of the better parks in America. Um, you got an okay coaster lineup, but then like your supporting cast is also very good. Um, I do like to bring up the Sky Coaster whenever there is a good Sky Coaster. I've gotten to ride this one before, and it's a very good Sky Coaster. Um, it's right out over the lake. Literally every bit of it is over the lake. It's, I think it's one of the 100 foot tall models, so it's not, it's one of the smaller models. But flying out over the lake and across the boardwalk, this is actually one of my favorite sky coasters. So, um, sky coasters are interesting because it's like you don't want to ride them in every park, but when you have a unique one, it's kind of worth it. And I would say, depending on the pricing you hear, which I don't think they have them listed on the website at all, but, um, if it's one of those that is like within the 10 to $20 range, I would say it's kind of worth it on this one, depending yeah. on your financial situation. Uh, also want to bring up the antique autos. This is a really unique uh, vintage car, antique car ride that again, the whole thing's over the lake. You're kind of out on a boardwalk and the layout of it. Um, like if you ride it with a couple of friends that are in other cars, you'll like pass by each other on the ride. So one of my favorite antique auto rides as well. And then you have the Den of Lost Thieves, which is a shooting dark ride. Um, last time I rode it, generally not in great shape, but in good enough shape to where it's like you should put it on your list and make sure that you ride this thing because it's it's a lot of fun. And then there is another upcharge attraction, Dr. Frankenstein's Haunted Castle, which I know we got on this after Noah's Ark at Kennywood. So... Um, we kind of had higher expectations than it deserved, but I remember it being a pretty fun walkthrough. I was going to ask, I don't, I, I might be confusing it thinking of, I, I think I'm thinking of the one at Kennywood. Cause I was like, this yeah. looks familiar, but I don't remember it entirely. Yeah. So you kind of go through and Frankenstein's like rocking, like he's got like a band performance in there. Mm. Um, I think the criticism of this ride is that there's a lot of blank and a lot of like darkness. 
but it's kind of worth like you kind of come out on the balcony and you can get pictures of the park and that sort of thing. Um, it's one of those things that like, it's not exceptional. It's not an exceptional attraction, but it's definitely worth the, uh, whatever two or $3 upcharge it is to, to go through. Yeah. Um, I think they just kind of do that to make sure that there's not a line and it's not overcrowded, which is pretty nice. And then you also do have the Schaefer queen, which you brought up in your history lesson gives you great views around the park. So if you're trying to get footage or take pictures, um, this is a great option as well, especially just to break up your day to have a seat and kind of have a nice relaxing boat ride around the lake. Um, it's one of the early attractions at the park. So it's kind of like a classic. I haven't personally done it, but uh, I want to. Yeah. I, do want I wouldn't to. Mind. like that's something that definitely appeals to me more now than it did than it would have when I was 20. Yeah, for sure. And then their sky ride is very unique. This is, um, oh. it's a very functional sky ride that takes you from <laughs> one end of the boardwalk to the other. And you get to go over the main mid, uh, the main midway, the main boardwalk and get really cool views of the rides as well. Uh, I would say that's a must do attraction uh, when you come to the park. Yeah. And I'll, you know, just as a, where to caught like it's going like I I seeing it again I kind of forgot how nervous it made me feel just looking at it but it it doesn't look like it's held together very well but cool. I mean we survived and it's still going and as far as I know there's no incidents so just be prepared it's it looks like it didn't take much to put together yeah I would say with most sky rides like if you have a fear of heights or um, even don't really feel comfortable just sitting in a bench with no no restraint. Uh, I would not recommend the sky ride because <laughs> uh, right. if you wanted to, you could really slip out. Or if you had like a squirmy kid that you don't really trust staying in their seat, I don't know that I would bring them on this ride. But yeah. I think the fear of height also makes them behave and somehow they sit. So um, another highlight of this this park that is not at many parks in America, I can only think of two off the top of my head. It has the fascination parlor where um, you can sit and play Fascination, which if you don't know what Fascination is, it is Matt. basically <laughs> Matt hated this game. <laughs> Matt's very competitive. He's uh, the fourth of the coaster because he's here. And man, he he would not recommend this game at all. <laughs> he was the only one that didn't win uh, when we no. played, which was both sad and kind of funny at the same time. But anyways, this is the kind of game where you sit down and if you picture like the horse games where you have to roll the ball and they go into, you know, the holes and depending on which hole you make, it goes faster. It's kind of like that, but it's more bingo based. So the first person to get like five across or depending on the game, sometimes they'll do a blackout, getting an, get it in every hole um, wins tickets. And then you can then redeem your tickets for prizes. I will say that price redemption in this game is far superior to the games at Knobles. So it's like not as big of an incentive to sit there and keep playing to win like a dope prize. But I always recommend if you're going to go, a must-do experience is like bring a $20 bill, put it on your table, and play $20 of Fascination. And that's going to take up like 30, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of your time. Um, just kind of getting into the game and and having fun with the people that are playing with you. So, and it's a great place to have some AC, as the sign on the website reminded yes. me. Fascination, 
it's cool inside. <laughs> and that's another great thing about this park is if you're not a coaster person and you don't want to do thrill ride after thrill ride after thrill ride, you can jump on the boat. You can go in and play Fascination. You can get a meal at the, the restaurant there. And there's just a lot of ways to kind of change up your day. And also do have to mention another way to kind of break up your day is their water park, which when you look at the water park, you have to realize that they are shoehorning a water park onto a boardwalk. So there's not really a lot of room for big fancy rides. They have like a few body slides. They do have a lazy river, but the lazy river is very much um, a very small like footprint. And you can tell it's just like a compact lazy river. It's not a great like atmosphere or anything. I mean, when you're in it, you can kind of look out at the lake, um, which is okay. A lot of people that come to Indiana Beach go to the water park, especially the locals. Um, I would say its most unique element is probably their main pool, which is basically a buoyed off section of the lake. So they have the, the beach front there, and you can go swim in the lake pool which is kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also like kind of cool that they kind of use their location to make a, a water park that you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah. I'd say it's uh, kind of how I tell some friends about movies. Don't go in with expectations, go to have a good time. This is yeah. like the equivalent. Don't go in with standards. Just come to have fun. Yes, I think. And my, my recommendation, like if you want to do the water park, don't play them for more than an hour. Like think of it as like a trip to your neighborhood pool. You're going to go in, take a dip, maybe lay out a little bit and then go get back to the fun stuff, which is the rides and fascination and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's kind of my breakdown of the, the ride summary and kind of what the park has to offer. But we haven't heard about the food yet, Chef Jeff. Yep. And I've got it. Hell yeah. Um, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, we grabbed some tacos there. They've got their uh, their Indiana Beach tacos, some walking tacos, nachos, and churros there. World famous, at least in Monticello. Yeah, their world. Yeah, and I one mean, thing that... What I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I believe that most of their food vendors here are kind of from local businesses. Um, kind of vendors, not really necessarily a foods department at Indiana Beach, more of like vendors come in and kind of set up their stalls. So, And I, I think I like that model personally. Yeah. It means you get, generally, you should be getting better quality, I think. Now, we had these tacos when we were at Indiana Beach, and I don't think you remember them. <laughs> I don't. They, they kind of, they are the same style as like a Burger King or a Jack in the Box. Uh, style taco where it's like I'm all about that personally. Yeah, I love Jack in the Box tacos. There you go. So I think you would actually love these tacos if you went back and and tried them again. Yeah, but I do recommend at the very least when you come to Indiana Beach and you have food, at least get a taco and say you had one. Yeah. yeah. Um, next place is the Indiana Beach Yacht Club, which actually <laughs> does not require admission to the park there's an external entrance oh um but uh has full bar water access if you're uh just walking back on the dock to your boat right um and then i mean 
generally it's bar food from the looks of what I'm seeing. Um, the, where they've got tenderloins, wings, Ooh. and more is how they, they phrase it. What more do you need? Tenderloins right. and wings. <laughs> right. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and actually, if that's if it's the building I'm thinking of when we were there, it was actually pretty popping. But it looked like a collection of a bunch of forty somethings who were hammered and just there to have a good time. Yeah, townies very much go to this place and just like it's like the restaurant they go to is on at Indiana Beach. Yeah, uh, and that might have been explained the like I didn't even think of it, but uh, with admission isn't required. You know, yeah. that's a lot of people who probably wouldn't be coming into the park for unless they had kids or something. Now, we'll say kind of one of the one of the biggest criticisms from like the locals about Indiana Beach is they want this to be a more paper ride thing where locals can come in and just kind of fuck around and have something to do and uh, not pay a whole day admission. So um, I don't think it's a bad deal. You could get the wristband if you want or tickets whatever i i think it's a good model for a park like that i do personally. too i think i think you do have to especially with such a small uh footprint of a park like you kind of have to limit the amount of people coming in and not spending money so i i do kind of right. understand why the parks in recent years especially have gone towards the admission um end of it yeah i get it um Next on the list will be the uh, the Blue Jay Cafe. This looks like it'll be the burger and fry joint uh, on their offering. Uh, if you do want to have breakfast at the park, this looks like it'll be the place to go. Um, they're, they're, they don't really have menus on here. They just kind of list some of the stuff that each and Blue Jay Cafe carries pancakes waffles and more they love saying and more <laughs> and more we can't be bothered to put a full menu on so we're just gonna say and more so it keeps you coming in it almost feels like they're picking got. just random food too just like right uh, we have french fries um we have pizza and more hey greg what else is on there <laughs> yeah. more <laughs> yeah uh the next one will be the uh the crow's nest um, their featured items listed were pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, they claim to have very good chicken or tuna salad sandwiches. And then they've got chicken nuggets, dogs, like hot dogs, not dog uh, dogs. I feel I need to make that distinction. Um, and then I'll, I'll round off the list with their dessert option is called Totally Twisted. They've got ice cream, churros, nachos, and pretzels. Nachos is the only thing I don't understand with that title, but <laughs> I, I will say like the the food stands don't seem to make a lot of sense. It's just like uh, we we got some shit that we make, eat it or don't. I don't care. Right. <laughs> it's like Indiana Beach saw um, Six Flags Six Flags Magic Mountain pop scream in a parking lot and said we should model our food service after that, where we just <laughs> plop it down and say there it is. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh man. The park food. Do you have any other uh, any other park food? Is that it? That yeah, that's it. Nice. Uh, just kind of closing thoughts on Indiana Beach. Uh, they've been doing a lot recently too to bring in like weird local events. Um, I know they have like the Sky Room, which 
I'm trying to figure out. This is actually a restaurant that overlooks um, the park. And I'm not really sure if, oh, it's closed for the season. Um, they just announced that the other day. But it's kind of a popular place to go get a beer and maybe have a sit-down meal. Um, but they also have, like, kind of an events area where they'll do concerts. And recently, they had, like, backyard wrestling like as an event awesome. where you could buy tickets. So um, I will say their entertainment, because they have, like, a ballroom concert series. They actually have a, a fucking awesome event coming up called Hops and Drops that I, I really want to go to, but all of their lodging is kind of full for it. Um, but they have different types of concerts of people that I've never heard of, but like local acts, I think, which is pretty cool. But yeah, September 11th, they have from two to 11, a huge, like they're going to have like breweries from local breweries come in and it's going to be free beer sampling for a couple of hours. And then the park opens, um, that's awesome after that. So as you can tell, lodging, very quickly booked up after that because people want a place to stumble to. And they do have a lot of like cottages and kind of Indiana beach run cabins uh, around the lake, which is a really nice um, add on. Like if you're going yeah. with a family vacation to have one of those would be great. Um, they are not fancy or anything. It's like, it's almost like bring your own bedding kind of stuff. But uh, you know, if you're going to spend the night there, or want to go back and have a, a midday nap, this is a good option. And I don't know if they still run it, but uh, at least when we went, they also had a you know, pretty fun little like jet ski action show out on the Ooh. lake, um, I, if you remember that. I do. Like It was a really good show of like jet skis and like somebody on fire jumping into the lake. And a dude um, on a swing doing flips and stuff. I can't confirm that it's still there. I don't actually know. It doesn't list it on the website. Uh, but um, you got to think that there's got to be something at least coming back one day for that. Right. And I was wondering if, uh, uh, you know, it might be down to they're not wanting a bunch of people congregating, just standing there close. Oh, to I don't other. think Indiana Ge- Beach gives a shit about COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I, that was another <laughs> thing I was wondering. You mentioned that restaurant was closed for the season. They just said that the other day. Yeah. Um, I doubt it's like because it's about to be bad weather we we're still in the middle of august but i imagine i was wondering if like the staffing issues are there like they are pretty much everywhere else that i will say um the staffing they do have like a disclaimer on their website that they they've started opening an hour later like they'll open the park but the rides don't op- like at 10 but the mm-hmm. rides don't open until 11 um but other than that their schedule actually doesn't seem very affected at all mm. which is kind of insane to me because most parks are having issues and they're, they're like still operating deep into the night, like a normal summer schedule almost. So interesting. Yeah. Apparently they're doing okay somehow. <laughs> All right. Now we got to move on to the next part of our show, which is Michigan's adventure. And if you guys listened to last week's show, I actually um, was going to take this trip, Michigan's adventure, Indiana beach, and our car broke down in Illinois And uh, I want to preface this with I bought tickets in advance to Michigan's Adventure in July, right? Because you had to have reservations and you had to get that all set up. And our car broke down in Illinois. I've been trying to get a hold of them since mid-July about 
any type of refund to talk about my situation. They do not give a single fuck. Uh, yeah, I even bought um, parking in advance. And it's going to be $115 or whatever it is down the drain. So uh, very salty at the moment. Like, how, do you, how do you not answer emails? At least tell me. But it's just frustrating that like, so I would not recommend if, if, if you're like trying to get there, don't buy tickets in advance. Don't do it. They probably have rules set up on their email. If it contains the word refund, it goes right into the trash. It might. I might have to try some new stuff. Yeah. But um, it's just, I just want to start off with like terrible customer service there. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. That was your experience. Yeah. So I'm not in a hurry to get back to this park. And this might be the first part that I don't recommend. Might be. Yeah. Like uh, looking over it, like this, like the most exciting part about doing the research for this area, because I've never actually been to Michigan at all, um, was the area of food. Like the park was not sexy to look at. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. Um, but I mean, credits are credits. And we do what we need to do. <laughs> hose do um, what hose do. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, you want to talk about the the food of Michigan then, uh, maybe on the way from India. I don't even know how you attack this, but however you want to attack this, go for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did find, like, Muskegon is not a small town, I don't think. Um, I didn't, like, look up population or anything, but to my knowledge, it's, you know, it's probably, like, a reasonable-sized town. And probably, without looking, I'd guess at least slightly bigger than Springfield, Missouri. I have no really? idea to be honest without looking. Let me now I'm curious and I have to answer it. So I'm looking at the population of Muskegon right now. Springfield uh, 37,000. Like, oh no, then it is smaller than Springfield. Um, yeah. Cause Springfield's I think right around a hundred thousand, maybe more. I can't remember for sure. So it's, it's not like a, it's not a small town, but it's also like, it would be like a, an okay size suburban town. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, they did. I did not have trouble finding food options, and the uh, I would like. I'm itching to try pretty much everything I put on this list. Let's go then. I'm excited. So, yeah, maybe I will get back to Michigan's adventure. Yeah, um, the first on the list, and probably because I like as I've gotten older, like I am always up for a fantastic sandwich and trying whatever the locals go for. Um. And the, the first on this list is the, 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 the name's probably going to make you pop a little bit. It's pretty funny. It's a Fatty Lumpkin's Sandwich Shack. That is a great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fatty um, Lumpkin? Fatty Lumpkin's like Sandwich Shack. Rhymes with Blumpkin? Yeah, yeah, but without the B. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to say Blumpkin. Yeah, well, uh, when, when, when you got to do it, you got to do it. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, overall, it's a deli um, and appears to be super well-rated uh, on oh, wow. TripAdvisor. It's got a 5.0 out of 5 on 200 reviews. You got 4.8 um, out of 5 on Google with 485 reviews. So this place is dope. Yeah. And the, the pictures do it justice. Uh, I mean, it's it's it can be hard to mess up a, a, a deli, I think, but to be above average is even harder, I think. Yeah. So um, it looks like they've got some fantastic food. Um, like I said, I'm a sucker for a good sandwich. Uh, 
uh, a couple of the mentions on there. Two out of the three specific mentions mention their chicken salad. So if you're a fan of chicken salad, that appears to be a, a great option. Um, but just kind of looking around at the pictures of what they've got, it, it looks really good. I, I think I read somewhere that their Rubens are really good as well. If you like a good Reuben sandwich, um, I this, wish I do. This almost so. looks like a, a, it's like a very small restaurant. Yeah. It's probably like, uh, you walk in, get your grub and go. Yeah. There's actually a place local to me just called sub shop and they're my favorite sandwiches here but it's just like a small operation. And before COVID they were cash only. They finally adopted some sort of card system, but yeah. that's often how, you know, a place was really good is it looks like a hole in the wall and it's cash only. Looks looks like they also have like um, a food truck that goes out and about too. Yeah. Like events and stuff. So if you ever know an event, event or something around the area, they have a sweet logo too. Uh, it looks like if uh, for any of you folks who Watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force back in the day. It looks like <laughs> Carl holding a sandwich. <laughs> it does. That's yeah, great. So, uh, yeah, Fatty Lumpkins. Uh, I'll see you when I see you. Yes. Um, next on the list, uh, kind of polar opposite of what we were looking at there, has the Hearthstone Bistro. Uh, features a number of bistro-style options from around Europe. Uh, so a, a lot of different foods from different countries and it's it's a really good looking menu and that's i would say kind of low to mid-range on price um there's uh, looking around it's mostly like eight to fifteen dollars depending on what you get excuse me um and then they have like steak and seafood options that climb higher but um overall it definitely looks like a place i would uh, this looks like a nice dinner spot I will say the entrees kind of arranging into like the low thirties. Um, yeah, kind if of you get the really fancies. Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, you can make it a a less expensive meal with the sandwiches. Yeah, they've got burgers, they've got all sorts of stuff, um, but it, it just looks really good, and it seems to be again well regarded by locals. So, and they have grown up shakes, which is like alcoholic milkshakes. Yeah, I've still yet to try one of those, and I'd like to one day, because there's a place, I can't remember if it's here or up there, that uh, does the same. I think it's up there. I can't remember who. I don't know. I've never had one either. Yeah, but that, you know, that'd be a cool option to try. Um, next on the list is uh, the Station Grill. Appears to be their revered local joint. On uh, TripAdvisor, it's a 4.5 out of 5 on 378 reviews. Um, I mean, doesn't from the pictures doesn't look like a you know a particularly sexy burger, but it looks delicious all the same. Not um, particularly sexy. Yeah, <laughs> there's just like sometimes you look at at food and it's just like oh, gotta have that. This just I mean, it looks like a burger, so I'm assuming the taste has to be pretty spectacular to. To, to go above and beyond on that that rating, so it almost looks like a fifty diners a fifties diner theme. Yeah, and what I'm seeing in a lot of their pictures is they include a mini Reese's cup on the side with everything. Let's go! If you're seeing that? Yeah, I'll I'll be there. That's oh like, yeah, I, I see it. It's so weird. Like I'm clicking through these pictures and there's a Reese's cup. Something it's like yeah, it's like Waldo, a, but with Reese's cups. It's a grilled. <laughs> I'm seeing like a grilled chicken sandwich with like. Just like greasy as hell, and then 
Reese's pickles, cup. tomato, mini Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> it's on every yeah. dish. That's so weird. Like I, I didn't notice that when I was initially looking, but I'm flipping through now, and it's just like, enjoy your tiny dessert. Right. <laughs> that's funny, but that, yeah, it gives something to give a personality. So that's that's pretty cool. There you go. Um, next spot will be the the designated uh, breakfast spot. It's not just breakfast. It's kind of like a diner style, but it's called Toast and Jams. Uh, it's got a fun, colorful looking menu with a lot of really good looking stuff on there. Um, I, you know, it's uh, yet to try it, of course, but they have a lot of fantastic options on the menu. Just looking at down now, this would be a great place to have breakfast before you move on from the town. Definitely not a pre-park breakfast excursion because again this one looks pretty heavy it does doesn't it yeah so not a whole lot um, of healthy options but yeah a lot of delicious options yeah that 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 is for sure um and they they have a lunch menu they didn't list a dinner menu so i think they're just open for breakfast and lunch so keep that in mind if you're wanting to hit this place up um but it does look very very good so toast and jams oh i lied there are some healthy omelets I'm seeing. <laughs> they also have oatmeal. So there you go. Yeah. All right. And then to, to round off the list, I got to hit a pizza joint. And again, yeah, yeah. I didn't vet this through. Uh, Don't worry. I got you, bro. I'm one I'm, slice. I'm on it. It's, it's called the handsome hobo pizzeria. <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah. Hobo. It's a uh, four point, uh, 4.5 on 125 reviews. All right, I've got the ranking. So based on five reviews, it's a 6.8, which is uh, respectable. Yeah. 6.8 is like, if you're in the area, might as well eat it. So Right. There's some some yeah. random eight ones in there. Ooh, it does look good. Yeah. This looks like a place I would recommend. Yeah. Like, it didn't, it looked like good pizza to me, and then they've got some other options on the list as well, or on the menu, sorry. Um it looks like they've got some outdoor seating too. It's they kind of made it beachy um, by putting some sand out there. But uh, yeah, they, they do a deep they do a deep dish pizza apparently. Yeah, which is, which is the highest rate pizza here. I was gonna say I didn't know if they uh, with their proximity to uh, Detroit if they also ran a Detroit style or not. Um, I didn't fully look through the menu because that's that's a pizza style I have yet to cross off the list. So uh, you should. Uh, Providence in Grandview has a Detroit style. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and I like Providence. Everything else they do. So yeah, I'd like to have their take on it. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. that's a Kansas City pizza joint for those of you that don't know. Yeah, what's what's uh, Providence's score on one slice? Ooh, one bite, man. You're saying it wrong. One, one bite. My bad. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. This is this is strictly for us. Oh, only a seven five. Which is underrated. More than this place. And that's off 34 reviews? Shit. Guess we got to get in there. and There's some people that have buried that, which is unfair to me. This is one of the best pizza places in Kansas City. Yeah. And that's, I mean, unless you're an active, like, that's something to also note is, you know, for people who look into reviews, yeah, I get all that. But people are also more likely to go online and share when they've had a bad experience than when they've had a good one, mm-hmm. unless it was like super above and beyond, like this could have been a bad situation, but they turned it good. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I think people are so much more willing, especially these days, to go on and bash a place than they are to go on and praise it. It is true. All so, right. Is that all the food you got? Yeah, that rounds off the list. All right. I'll go through the attractions of Michigan. Um, I kind of took a different route on this. I looked for credit runs that you can kind of have in Michigan, in Western Michigan. There's still some credits up north in Michigan, but they're way out of the way. And uh, nothing that I would really recommend going out of the way for. Um, so kind of the easy credit grabs are both going to be at a place called Craig's Cruisers Family Fun Center. So they actually have four family fun centers in Michigan, but two of them have SBF spinning coasters. So the first one that I do recommend is actually in Grand Rapids. And Grand Rapids is where I focused my search. Because if you look at it anyway, if you're coming from Cedar Point, if you're coming from Indiana Beach, you generally, like Grand Rapids, you're going to go through it. So um, it's just kind of a good stop as your last big city on the way up to Michigan. Uh, might even be a good place to stay the night before you go to Michigan's Adventure. So there's quite a bit to do. Um, but Craig's Cruiser Family Fun Center has the Cruiser Coaster, which is an indoor SBF spinning coaster. They also, if you're trying to make a night out of it, have mini golf. They have a ninja course, which is very popular with kids. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever got to see one of those, but they're a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily to participate in. And they do have go-karts. Um, also, in Grand Rapids itself, you have tons of breweries. So if you are a beer drinker, I would even say this is probably the best town in Michigan to go to if you're trying to try out some different beers, check out some breweries that you like. The most popular brewery that most people know is going to be Foundries. Um, they have some really solid beers, um, some other top-ranked ones. Brewery Vivant, which is an old church that is converted into a brewery. So very unique, very highly ranked. And the Brass Ring Brewery as well um, are kind of the highest ranked in the area to go check out if you're trying to go brewery hopping. Now, one other thing that I do want to mention is north of Michigan's Adventure, there are there's a really interesting place called Silver Lake Sand Dunes. So if you look at, um, I guess it's Lake Erie. Nope, that's Lake Michigan that it's up against, right? Uh, let me double check. I'm trying to think. But you would not think this exists in, in Michigan, but... There are huge sand dunes that you can like rent ATVs and go fuck around on sand dunes in, which is like you're just in the desert almost, <laughs> which is just wild. You don't think that that's a part of um, Michigan, but Perry actually recommended this to me and said, like, this is one of his favorite places just to go, just to go to. So, yeah. And, and if you need confirm it as Lake Michigan, Sorry. Lake Michigan, that's right. All right. Good for us. We figured it out. But also in Silver Lake, which you can actually see the sand dunes from this FEC, is the other Craig's Cruisers Family Fun Center. They have the Pearly Whirly Coaster. And had we have actually made it to Michigan's Adventure, I probably would have made this stop. Um, It is an hour drive north of Michigan's Adventure, but they have an SBS spinning coaster. But for an extra dollar, you can buy the hamster wheel car. So they have the spinning coasters, and then that last car is a hamster wheel where you you literally flip through the course, kind of like a free spin. 
So a unique credit, uh, I, I believe it was shown off at IAPA two years ago and um, kind of gained some steam that way in the community. But a lot of people say that that is worth going up to Silver Lake because you have a very unique kitty coaster credit and people say it's actually kind of fun. So, um, so that, weird looking. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'd particularly enjoy it, but um, as far as the family fun center, like if you're picking between Craig's cruisers, I would probably recommend the grand rapids one because you're still going to get a credit. There's more to do there and it's not out of the way to Michigan's adventure, but if you're looking for an extra day to kind of extend your trip to Michigan's uh, just to Michigan, Silver Lake would be a good addition. Go ahead and add that extra coaster onto your account or do both. Depends on your hoe level. So you do you, whatever you want to do on that. But those are kind of my highlights, at least in the attractions of Michigan. Um, just kind of based on my research, I don't know that I'd recommend going out of your way for attractions in Michigan. I might try, uh, something like South Bend, Indiana instead where Notre Dame is, or I'm uh, just kind of spending time in some other places. So, um, I think our plan initially was to stay in South Bend and just like walk the campus of Notre Dame and, um, drive up the next morning to Michigan's adventure. So those are my recommendations for attractions in that area. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I never knew honestly about the hamster wheel coaster and honestly it doesn't do anything for me kind of looking like i i my my whole level as you said is not strong enough to <laughs> prioritize that. that yeah i'm with you on that i am i mean now, I, I avoided the what was it the green lantern coaster at magic mountain this kind of looks like a cousin to that and I'm, i don't really care for that no and with turns so, like, no. you're, you're going to hit some corners while you're flipping, which does not sound fun. No. <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Michigan Adventure itself. You've got the history all lined up. I think it has a pretty interesting history. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I've never looked up the history of this place. So, let us know. Yeah, before I, I had not either. Um, opened as Deer Park in 1956. Originally, it was a featured a petting zoo. With a number of animals. Monkeys were on there, so you could pet some monkeys. Um, Sorry, pet the monkey? Yeah, that's that was an option. They had a lot of petting zoo. This was also in the 50s, so oh, okay. safety standards were out the window. Um, right. They also had a children's area called Storybrook Lane, um, but it didn't seem to be ride-based at all because rides didn't start getting added to the park until 1958. Uh, the ownership changed hands in 1968, uh, where they made an adjustment to the name of the park, uh, Deer Park Funland, um, <laughs> with more ride investment going in after the switch. Uh, the park received their first coaster in 1979, uh, the standard model Arrow Corkscrew. Uh, park became Michigan's Adventure in 1988, with Cedar Fair purchasing the park in 2001. Uh, the park's growth has continued since, including, I have to give a shout out again, uh, suspended looper Thunderhawk from the then recently closed Geauga Lake. Man. So, yeah. Sorry, I had to laugh at that name. What Deer? Deer what? Park Funland. <laughs> I wish they kept that name. Right? <laughs> deer Park. There's deer and there's fun, okay? I wonder if they do like any vintage merch with the, the old park name on it. Nobody would know. 
nobody know what the fuck that is except for the people in Michigan, right. I think. Right. Uh, well, that's great. Thanks for the history lesson. Um, did not expect your park fun land to be on there, but here we are. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do a brief overview of the ride summary and water park. Um, I will say this is one of the biggest criticisms of Michigan's adventure is that they don't have a ride lineup that makes you prioritize going to this park, um, which is why my wife and I were just like, okay, we, we think we want to do this. We want to ride shivering timbers. So let's just go for it. Right. Um, but like you said, their first coaster in 1979 was the arrow corkscrew at the time. I'm sure that was a big deal, but as you look at it now, it is the shortest arrow corkscrew, um, version out there. You have a drop, a kind of a wave turn into two corkscrews and a brake run. So nothing really to get excited about unless you're really into old school arrow loopers. 1999, they saw the addition of the Mad Mouse, which is a fairly unique arrow um, wild mouse coaster. So the only other place that I can think of that has these are, uh, I want to say California's Great America has one, and I know for sure Valley Fair has one. And this Dor- nope, Dorney's is not an arrow. So somewhat unique, but unique does not always mean good. Right. <laughs> um, their highlight attraction, 1998, they saw the addition of a CCI roller coaster, Shivering Timbers, which is a mega. I mean, you're looking at a huge wooden roller coaster, uh, out and back style. A lot of coaster enthusiasts say, we sleep on this ride too much. It should be up there amongst the ranks of Voyage. And um, I was going to say, looking from the the picture at least that they put on their site like it reminds me of voyage just in its appearance yeah from from the angle they took it looks like an early cci voyage even yeah um this is the only reason you go to the park this and to grab your credits so i was very excited to get up there and just say finally we're doing it and uh, i lost over a hundred dollars because of it so (laughs) fuck you shivering timbers Anyway, um, there was kind of a recent video that um, El Toro Ryan did on a a very good breakdown of the Shivering Timbers coaster, and he goes step-by-step about the airtime, and it looks like a crazy ride. Um, It's a shame. I'm probably not going to prioritize it anytime soon, but, you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day. 2008, we saw the most recent edition of their newest ride, their newest roller coaster all the way back in 2008. They got a hand-me-down from Giugga Lake, the Thunderhawk Vacoma SLC. And while this is an SLC, reports do say this is a quote-unquote smooth SLC. I, you know, I do, I, like, I did ride it, and I don't really remember having complaints about it. I was also, the last time I rode it, I think I was, like, 15. Yeah. So... Probably um, have the rough radar on at, at 15. Yeah, if any, I mean, if anything, kind of similar to Batman, maybe some of the elements were kind of savage in how sharply they turned or Mm -hmm. changed position. But, I mean, overall, I don't really remember thinking poorly of this ride. Yeah. So maybe it's a good addition to that park. Does it carry you into 2021? I don't know if it has that type of staying power, but... uh... It is a new coaster for them, so good for them. Yeah. 
You and I were I 18 a, when they got it. <laughs> I think it's a uh, good supporting cast ride. Yeah. And it's better than, I don't know if it's, be- I don't know if it's better than nothing. I don't, I don't know my opinion. I don't know if I'd ride it when I was there, but if it's the smooth one, I guess I'd go ahead and take the credit. Yeah. Um, 1998, I believe, my pin went out when I wrote this. So I might be wrong on the year there. The Wolverine... I can't say Wolverine very well. (laughs) Wolverine Wildcat. uh, The Din Coaster. This is... This ride's notorious for having the exact same layout as like Phoenix at Knobles, but Din made it. So it's rough as shit. <laughs> and people hate it. They're like, how, how can is, Phoenix be so good? And this ride right. be so ass chips. It was uh, 88. There you go. 88. That's on me. Oh, you're good. Yeah, that's. I guess that's when Din was doing their thing. So it sounds like this ride needs a lot of attention. When people talk about it, it sounds like they're talking about the worst wooden roller coaster they've ever ridden. Like I, I think it's uh, it's one of those that some people would argue. So, was it worse than Mean Streak? Ooh, that might be the I, worst I, think I people ever would, rode. Yeah, I think people would say Mean Streak, which also didn't ride right. I think so. Uh, interesting. But then, so was. Uh, oh man, I gotta look this up before I say it out loud. Well, Timberwolf is. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I've made that mistake before. Um, <laughs> but Timberwolf, like Timberwolf, is well regarded, and barring the few years where it needed the upkeep before we got it, mm-hmm. you know, it could be brutal. But uh, it's what it's uh, thirty-two years old now. Yeah, that was in '89, so a year after this. So it's savable if 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 Cedar Fair ever wanted to put the money into making that a smooth ride. It's possible, I would say. Yeah, if we can do it, so can they. Yep. And then 2021, this year, they got a quote-unquote new roller coaster, Woodstock Express, which was just a paint job of their chance roller coaster that they had before that was actually added in 1999. Uh, And they marketed it as a new coaster, and their drought is now over, but all they did was paint it and move it. (laughs) I hate that. uh, Yeah, kind of annoying. And then the last one to mention, the 1994 Zach's Zoomer, which this is kind of a family slash kitty style wooden coaster, that hybrid mix there. And this was named after the grandson of the former park owner at the time, who kind of funny, he's probably our age now. He's probably, Zach is probably in his 30s and he still has a, like a kitty wooden coaster named after him, which is probably the only bit of charm in this park, <laughs> the name of this coaster. Um, which so that's their coaster lineup. So, can you imagine if you went to this park, paid admission, and then like twist, um, sorry, Shivering Timbers is closed for the day? <laughs> uh, be- uh, well, we went to Dollywood and the lightning rod was closed, so yes, but, uh, but least, they have some other stuff, yeah, yeah. At least there's like at least you're in a good park, you know, yeah, anyway, yeah, that's fair. Um, I did look at the supporting cast of rides, and it was very hard to come up with anything mentionable. Uh, their ripcord sky coaster looks okay. Their zoom zone goes over the very pretty lake of Michigan's Adventure, so that could be worth a ride if you're looking if you're looking to salvage your day. Like like if Shivering Timbers is down, you're like fuck. Uh, just go ride the sky coaster and see if that helps. 
And then they also do have some flyers, which some people say is a pretty good flat ride. The lakeside flyers. I don't know, man. The rest of them are just basic flats. No dark rides. Just kind of like scramblers. And sea dragon swinging ship rides. Um, but I'd other have than... to say, just like between just looking around at the rides and stuff and seeing where it is in Michigan, like there, we've not really done a fantastic, like other than the food in the area, like I, I'm not motivated at all to go out of my way for this park personally. Yep. Me either. Um, Shivering Timbers might be worth it, but I also, I don't like the, I'm finding that I don't like mega wooden coasters. Like, this is not my style. So yeah, uh, I could be disappointed by that too, but they do have a water park. Um, which is also very basic. They have a funnel of fear, which is like your funnel, typical funnel ride that you'd see at like a Six Flags Whitewater or something like that. And they do have a couple of raft slides that are worth. Um, but if you're trying to like extend your day and you like water parks, this could be a good option. Personally, I would skip that and go somewhere else, like the sand dunes or um, go to some breweries in the area, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Michigan's adventure. That's that is their ride lineup. You can tell this is this is our first park that we've done that neither of us have been to, and uh, it's really hard. Gosh, especially after my experience, man, it's hard for me to condone anything in this park. <laughs> right, and it's just like looking, like I said, looking around. It's just it doesn't sell me. It's this very kind of feels kind of clearly like a park that. It's an afterthought for Cedar Fair. They're just kind of mm-hmm. doing what they need to do with it. It's literally it like open for locals. The the people in Michigan even say, would say like they call Cedar Point their home park over this. Yeah, which is like I don't blame them. The sad. drive isn't horrendous to accomplish what yeah. they need, but True. yeah, this isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you want to hit us with the food real quick? Of Michigan's yeah, adventure, is there this anything? List is, this list is going to be shorter than normal. Uh, I only picked a handful of places because you can only talk about coasters driving so many times. Uh, so I tried to pick on the unique stuff. Um, I will say to their credit, uh, I don't really recall there being too many amusement park buffets out there. They're, I mean, they are out there, but they're not uh, volumous. like a, a Dollywood or a Legoland type thing. Right. They do have a, a, a boardwalk buffet. Uh, featuring a number of classic buffet options. I'm, I'm always down for a buffet. So, uh, you know, post-COVID. Um, I, it'll probably be an end-of-day thing. Like, we've already got the rides and most of the walking out of the way because I'm going to be useless after the fact. That's probably why buffets are not super popular uh, park additions. But um, is, this, is this literally like a... It looks like a catering thing. It looks like... yeah. Like they have a, like an outdoor well. dining, the catering team puts this on kind of thing. It very well could be. Um, it's, I don't know, it's a buffet. You eat till you're full and then eat some more. <laughs> Those are the rules. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I would say the next one is the highlight of the group. Uh, the Lakeside Beer Garden. Uh, they got good selection of beverages and grub. Uh, including the Shivering Timbers IPA, which is actually brewed locally for the park. So if you want to try a unique beer uh, and you collect them, 
what is that yeah. the app that you untapped. use untapped yeah get a get a good unique beer credit uh that'd be an option honestly the shivering timbers ipa might be my second priority at this park after shivering timbers right <laughs> and, then, and then you can just go yeah um or, the uh, uh the last on the list will be the uh, the wildcat grill kind of your generic burgers dogs and fries place um but you know it's coasters but not the uh, the coasters drive-in sorry yeah yeah the, the list was pretty boring otherwise nothing really stood out to me either it's elsewhere or it just looks very unexciting and honestly ideally a michigan's adventure trip it's very much a credit run so like it's one of those things where like do you eat, do you eat a good breakfast in town and then get all the credits, leave and get lunch somewhere in town. Yep. That's, I mean, cause this is on, on a non busy day. If, if you play your cards, right. I think you're getting in and out within two to three hours. Um, unless you like, don't prioritize riding the wild mouse or something. <laughs> it, it shouldn't be unless you're there on a busy Saturday, you should be able to knock things out very quickly here. Yeah. And I mean, for anybody who's been to the park and loves it, I, you know, apologize for the hatchet job. Neither of us have been there. We're just going based on what we see, but what we see is not great. I I would say, I mean, what we're seeing is what a lot of coaster enthusiasts have seen and people, the only reason they go is for shivering timbers. And yeah, um, for most people, that's not enough to draw people to that park. Not like, like I said earlier, where it is in Michigan too. It's not like, you have to go north a bit on the the west edge of the the right part of the state, uh, and it's just kind of remote versus some other place. You know, it's you really have to go out of your way for it. Yeah. So it just it makes it hard to justify, I think. And even if you had like a platinum pass for Cedar Fair, most of the times this trip would be paired up with Cedar Point, and I would say ninety eight out of a hundred roller coaster enthusiasts. Would rather just have a another day at Cedar Point than go to Michigan's Adventure, or hell, go to Kings Island. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just too much pulling, pulling away from Michigan's Adventure. We've tried to add Michigan's Adventure to our trip, and even been like, hey, we have, <laughs> you know, we're all employees here, or we all have platinum passes. Why don't we just add it? And it always gets cut. <laughs> it's always like, well, it's just too far out of the way, too much driving. Let's let's slow it down and do something else. <laughs> Anyway, any closing thoughts on Michigan's adventure uh, that we haven't already? If closed? I go to Muskegon, I don't need to go to the park. I think is my oh, the long and short of it. <laughs> Not even for shivering timbers. No, but I probably will never set foot in Muskegon unless I have to be there for something. I have Fair no enough. reason to be there now, though. So, yeah. except for Fatty Lumpkins. Yeah, I mean that sandwich place looks like the best thing in Muskegon. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show, guys. Make sure that if you like the show, that you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Coaster Cuzzies. And if you haven't, make sure you rank the podcast. Go on there, give us five stars. Tell us why you love it. Uh, if we get a good review, we'll share it on the show. And um, apparently that we hear from other podcasts, that, that helps out the podcast. So we're just going to trust the other podcasts on that. And then if you are interested in our merchandise, we do have some shirts available. 
coffee mugs, stickers, that sort of thing. Rep the Coaster Cuzzies brand wherever you go. Go to coastercuzzies.com slash store. Check it out. Uh, sure it's super comfortable. The mugs are super drinkable out of, and the stickers stick to things. So thanks for joining in, guys. Chef Jeff, thanks for joining us on the road trip. Um, if you would, if you could go back to Chicago real quick, pick up Theme Park Stud. Um, would really like him on our next trip because it sounds like we're going to Cedar Point next. I believe yeah. that is the next stop on the road trip. So that should be a very interesting show. Yeah. Well, as always, thanks for having me and thank you all for listening. Yeah. Stay fly, America. You don't want to fly. Do. <laughs> don't go to Michigan's Adventure.